Well, hello everybody. My name's JP. Welcome to Church at Home. And it's my pleasure to invite you into my kitchen. I've moved the filming of these into here today for reasons that I hope will become apparent. But if this is the first time that you're joining us, I want to say a special welcome to you. And what we've been doing is um, going through a, a series in the book of Psalms in the Bible, those, those songs that are, are written to God. And today is actually the, the penultimate one of those. And whereas usually we'd speak through a whole psalm, uh, today I just want to speak on one verse from Psalm 34. Uh, that's something that the New Testament does a lot with the Old Testament. And Psalm 34 is a, a psalm of David's testimony. He's been delivered from captivity at the, the hands of his arch enemies. And so because of this deliverance that he's experienced, it, it leads him to declare all that God has done. It leaves him yearning for more of God. So that's verse one to seven in Psalm 34. But then what we see in verse eight is this encouragement I want to speak on. It says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. The restaurants are just starting to uh, open back up, aren't they? And um, food's had a, a particular significance during lockdown, hasn't it? Because um, it's perhaps one of the, um, the areas of life people have been able to have a, a, a lot of fun with, trying some new recipes out. Um, my wife and I, we've been cooking through the alphabet. And uh, the other day we did Q, uh, quesadillas, um, largely in part to the lack of alternatives, uh, quinoa, corn and quiche. Um, not that inspiring. Um, but as we've done that, it's definitely given me a, a fresh love for different types of food. But one of the evolving things of lockdown for me has been that I just love the taste of the goodness of God more than anything else in the whole world. And you say, well, why? Well, just look at what this verse says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that Yahweh, the God of the Bible, is good. This is the God who wanted to fill the earth with people that bore his image. And so he created us as a human race, but then we chose to um, go our own way, put ourselves in charge rather than him. But God in his kindness came to a, a barren woman and said, uh, you're going you're gonna to have a child, even though you're past childbearing age, and you're going to have so many descendants. They're going to be just like the stars in the sky. And actually, they're going to bless the whole earth. And so he attaches his own name and reputation to these people, looks out for them, but they, they even end up in, in captivity and he delivers them out of that slavery through the impossibility of the Red Sea as a sign of a much greater deliverance that God wants to bring to his people. And so when Jesus arrives thousands of years later and lives a perfect life, never compromising or sinning before God once, and he then dies in our place for our sin on the cross and then is raised to life so that we too could have newness of life. He then invites us in to this great rescue story to continue to be a blessing to the whole earth, to continue to bear the image of God around the globe. That's the God that we're celebrating. That's why we can see that he is good. It's no wonder that the verse, the, the, the lines after this then go on to say, blessed is the man who take, takes refuge in him. Because we are that man, we are that person. To continue the food analogy, we've got this indelible restaurant reservation 
to come and to dine in his presence. And like David, because we've been delivered, because of what we've seen so far, because we know that our God is kind and gracious and merciful, we can long for more of him. I feel so hungry for a fresh move of God in my life right now, in our church, in the city that we we love so dearly, for his kingdom to come in greater measure. That's what God does within us. That's the role of the Holy Spirit to cause us to grow in the Lord by developing in us a longing for more and more of him. And it's my conviction that lockdown primarily has been about two opportunities. It's been about reaching wider and going deeper. Reaching wider because um, more people than ever before have easily just been able to log on to a church online to see how incredible Jesus is. But going deeper because God's cleared our diaries, in essence, put us in a room with him and just given us the opportunity to engage. Do you know in the kingdom of God, we can only go wider if firstly we go deeper. And actually our, our engagement with other people Really, that, that's just the overflow of our engagement with the Lord. I love what one of the commentators, Derek Kidness, says uh, about this verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's saying that, um, that this ta- the, the way that the New Testament uses and refers to this verse shows that this isn't just a casual sampling that's being met. We've all been in the supermarkets, haven't we, where uh, they offer you that little sample and you pretend to be interested in the foods, even though really you just want a little snack. Um, That's not what this is meaning. This is a invitation to get stuck into the rich food of this great rescue story that we're part of. And so I, I want to look today at how is it that we taste and see? How do we feast on this incredible God? And this might be the first ever time that you've talked about seeking God in this way, or you might be a seasoned feaster, but whoever you are, I want to get super practical. So if we are to taste and see that the Lord is good, the first thing that we need to do is to know what satisfies, to know what satisfies. How many times have you felt like eating one thing, but then for some reason you've ended up on, on another thing for some reason? Um, You know that you love Chinese, but you get persuaded to order Indian or you go into a restaurant and deep down, you know that you really want a pie, like a pie is the thing. But in some kind of moment of weakness, you end up ordering the fish and it's bland and it's fiddly. And worst of all, there's someone with an absolutely gorgeous looking pie right next to you. You know, we can get sidetracked with so many things that appear good, can't we? So all the lockdown opportunities of um, endless Netflix or Premier Leagues back on TV or uh, whatever your hobby is. And those things aren't bad. They're, they're good. They're enjoyable. But they're not ultimate, are they? And actually, really, they only reflect the one ultimate source of satisfaction in life. And that is God himself. It was the great African theologian, Augustine, who said, you have made us for yourself and our hearts, they're restless until they find their rest in you. Maybe your hearts felt restless this week. Well, you can know satisfaction 
in him. And that's not just a one-time decision. It's, oh yeah, years ago I decided to follow Jesus. That's a continual daily choice to find your satisfaction in him. Because everything else, you know, the things that we enjoy, even the ways that we seek God, it's just the side dish. It's just the accompanying wine. It's, it's, it's just the atmosphere that helps the food to stand out. And no one goes to a restaurant just to enjoy the music, do they? No one orders takeaway just to get the Tupperware. We've come close on a couple of occasions in honesty, but it's God himself who is the food to enjoy. That in turn gives us life and purpose and pleasure. Here's a, a little old book called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It attempts to define some key facets of the Christian life. And the first question is this. It says, what is the chief end of man? And it answers it by saying, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And then the pastor, John Piper, fought for a, a, slight, a, a modern amendment of that. The chief end of man, to, to glorify God by enjoying him forever. That is that as we feast on the eternal one that we were created to worship, who saves us and frees us, we find our true identity and we bring him great glory as we do. Know what satisfies. But the second thing is to check our surroundings and our schedule. How many of us know that the environment that we eat in and the time frame that we eat in are important, right? Like you, you don't go to Wagamama's to have a deep and meaningful with all the people kind of crammed on the benches around you, do you? Or how annoying is it when you're in a restaurant and your chair just keeps getting knocked by like passing waiters? Or maybe you're on a, a, a quick lunch break meal and yet the food's taking ages to arrive. And so also when we come to feast on the Lord, it's so important that we consider our surroundings and our schedule. So I wonder if you know, where are your most fruitful places for connecting with God? For me in my daily times with the Lord um, in the mornings, I, it, it has to be quiet for me. I really find myself having to be free from distraction. I was so challenged a couple of months ago when Rick in one of his preachers said, I don't take my phone into my time with the Lord at all. And, and I, I don't other than to maybe play music to help me worship him. I have to get myself out of my office so that I'm not thinking about um, work things. I have to get myself in a comfy chair with a cup of tea, just an environment, an atmosphere that I want to be in because I want to stay there and feast on the Lord. Or maybe it's if I get longer times to feast on him. I love going outside, love being in the fresh air, out in creation, love being in water to engage with God. I said in water tonight, by water. You'd be in water, you'd just be in the bath. And that's probably fun too, just to engage with God. Maybe it's who's there with you. And nothing can substitute our own personal times with, with the Lord, but there is such power in feasting on him with other people. Do you know one of the most loving things that you can say to someone? I've been praying for you. And so why not just at the end of every Zoom call or every meetup, just spend the last five minutes just praying together. 
Or maybe you get the chance for slightly longer times of feasting on the Lord or worship or prayer or reading the Bible together. Do you know precious relational things happen when people share a meal together? How much more so with this great feast that the Lord offers us? So that's your surroundings, but what about schedule? I was chatting with a guy, um, a, a friend of mine, a couple of months ago, saying, hey, JP, when I come to the Lord, I, I, I love reading the Bible and spend my time doing that. But then when, it, when I come to pray, it, it just feels a bit rushed. I feel a bit stuck and I try and kind of take it into my commute and just just not really sure where to go with it. And um, we chatted it out and then I asked, asked him a question. It was a punt, but it turned out to be a good one. I said to him, what's the most, what, what's your favorite restaurant? You and your family, what's your favorite restaurant? And he said, well, for my wife and I, it's probably a, a low and slow. You know, take the time, enjoy the atmosphere. For my kids, it's probably McDonald's, probably going into McDonald's. And I said, well, I wonder if there's an analogy in that with your prayer life. Because if you take McDonald's expectations into a low and slow environment, then you're just going to be a bit bored. Like you're expecting something quick and um, to pass by quickly and just it's going, to, it's going to bore you. But if you take the expectations of low and slow and try and put that into a McDonald's context, it's going to feel overwhelming, overstimulating, like you just don't kind of enjoy it. And so often in life, low and slow is really good just to take time to be with the Lord, isn't it? But how many of us know that on occasion, we just need a McDonald's milkshake or just a quick Big Mac or insert your healthier alternative? Can I say, don't despise the power of short devotions in busy seasons of life. Whether you've got small children or um, your work life or study life is crazy busy or illness lays you low. I was talking with a doctor the other day about um, shifts um, in hospitals and they're intense and there's not much chance to kind of stop and take breaks. You're tired after them. And we were just talking about the need to try and identify the opportunities to feast on God. And whether that's first thing in the morning, whether that's between appointments and tasks, whether that's that you feast in your car, maybe you do that anyway as you're kind of cramming your breakfast in on the way to work, but just to engage with God there. In these busy seasons, there can be a huge temptation to feel bad. Oh, I just wish I had, should be having more time with the Lord. And it just gets us nowhere. It's just a lie of the enemy. The key, whatever time you have, can I say, is to be regular and to slow down enough in whatever time it is to engage with God. Because our aim is Him. It's not getting through a chapter of the Bible. It's not ticking off a prayer list. This is an invitation. It's not an achievement. You are righteous in him. If you put your trust in Jesus, he delights in you. Your performance does not affect your position. This is a meal that has already been paid for in full at great cost to him. Your place at the table is secure. And therefore, can I say, let's do whatever it takes to feast as much as we can on the Lord. You might not have time for a, for a two hour feast, but let's not forget to eat. Let's not run on empty. 
I love the story of Susanna Wesley, the mother of John and Charles Wesley, the great preacher and hymn writer of the 18th century. She had a house full of children running around, but she used to go and sit in her chair, put her apron over her head and enjoy Jesus. You know, one of the ways that um, we keep ourselves topped up food-wise, and we all do this, is uh, snacking, right? I know the dietitians will say it's bad, but I've got to admit, I love a good snack. And um, the other week, uh, my wife was making some homemade pizzas, and it's just this, this little block of cheese that's going to be grated onto them at the end. And it wasn't quite tea time yet, but um, I was just a bit hungry, and um, so I just picked up the block, just had a, a little nibble of it, and it was lovely. And um, I know some of you are judging me for doing that right now. Um, story gets better because uh, my wife thought it was my daughter that had done that and started to ask her um, all about it, maybe to tell her off. And um, uh, I had to kind of sheepishly say, oh, actually, that was me. Um, but when it comes to this majestic God that we're to taste and, and see of his goodness, can I say, snack as often as you can. It's probably the only time where this is good for you. Let's, let's not let it be our only food, but boy, do we taste his goodness. I read through the Gospel of, of Luke recently and was just struck by the amount of times that Jesus took to stop, to take time out, just to be with his Father and replenish himself in the Lord. So take a moment, walk around the block, go into the toilet, shut yourself in a room if you have to. And, and, and as you do, just refocus on the fact that you are Christ's and he is yours. Ask to be filled once again with the spirit of peace. Declare that your heavenly father sings songs of love over you and delights in you. And, and whether you do that by uh, memorized verses or songs about Jesus you love to sing or praying in tongues, let's take refuge in him. Because you know what they say about diets, right? It's the small changes that make the big lasting impact. And if we continually fill ourselves with his goodness, that is what will flow from us. So know what satisfies, but check your surroundings and schedule. And thirdly, choose your meal, choose your meal. Emma and I, we, we love going out for meals. It's one of our uh, favorite treats. Um, Emma's favorite restaurant is Calcutta Club on Maid Marian Way. For me, I just love variety. Uh, it's going to a place I've never been before. And um, sometimes um, it's sometimes you choose a la carte, don't you? You know, it's a list of established choices that you pick from that um, if you're anything like me, you feel this overwhelming urge to point at the meal you want on the restaurant. It's not like the waiters can't read, it's not like they don't know what's in there in their restaurant, but you just say, it's, it's that one, it's the steak, that one there. Um, and when it, when it comes to the Lord, so maybe it's the New Testament letters. They're, they're there, they're, they're written for you. You choose one and just go through it and pray out its truth verse by verse slowly. Or, or get one of the Psalms and, and join in with the declarations of praise or allow the laments to just um, help you cry out to God about the challenges in your own life. Let the confessions read your own heart. But in other restaurants, it's a set menu, isn't it? Emma and I love the, um, the lunch at Kayal in Hockley. And a set menu, sometimes it can feel a bit restricting, can't it? But on other occasions, you, you just need something that's quick and familiar that's provided for you. 
I absolutely love the prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, where amidst a, a list of, um, of descendants, Jabez is, is just marked out as this particularly honourable guy because he prays this prayer. He says, oh Lord, that you would bless me. It's a prayer for blessing on your life. That you would enlarge my territory. That's a prayer for an enlargement of your capacity, of your influence. That your hand might be with me. That's a prayer for the anointing of God on your life. And that you might protect me from harm. It's a prayer for God's protection. I pray that prayer over myself. I pray it over my family. pray it over my friends, my colleagues, other people. Maybe it's the one meal classic that you enjoy, you know, a restaurant where you know the meal you're going to have. Um, we love the, um, the playwright on Shakespeare Street that does mac and cheese, um, but they do mac and cheese, if you know what I mean. And um, sometimes I love just taking this meal that's provided. I, I love the older resources. Sometimes I go back to um, the Book of Common Prayer and just get the, um, the reading for today and, and just let, let that, the richness of that guide me through. The Nicene Creed's another one, just that ancient statement of faith. Maybe something more modern, the Lectio 365 prayer app, just helping you to pray the Bible each day. But then there is, of course, the fine dining experience. And um, the most exquisite restaurant that I've been to is, um, is World Service on Castlegate, absolutely loved it. Beautiful atmosphere, comfy chairs, gorgeous food, really nicely presented. And when it comes to the Lord, surely the most exquisite prayer of all is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. You can pray that in 20 seconds if that's all you have, or you can take 20 minutes to pray through the content of that prayer. And actually tomorrow night at our Reading the Bible event, 7.30 p.m., you can find the details on our website. We, we're going through the Lord's Prayer. It'd be just over an hour. You can join in with that if you want to. But maybe the biggest joy with food for you is actually back home. It's just taking a recipe book, seeing what someone else has written and, and have a go. And during lockdown, we've been producing lots of um, prayer articles on different ways of praying. Uh, if you go to gracechurchnottingham.org forward slash prayer, then you can find them there. Lots of really great stuff there. We've also been asking different ones in the church to answer the question over a short video. How do you pray? You can go to our YouTube channel and find those there. And lots of those videos have, have recommended a book by Pete Gregg called How to Pray. It's next on my reading list. Can't wait to read it. Maybe you should get a copy too and hey, we can chat about it. You can continue this analogy in so many ways, can't you? But I just want to say that feasting is not something that just happens to us. It requires a deliberate step of preparation, doesn't it? And, and actually, no word on feasting would be complete without the mention on, on spiritual feasting, would be complete without the mention of fasting. Because actually, fasting is feasting. You give up food for a period of time to devote yourself to a reliance on God to illustrate afresh your need for him to sustain you. And I've been trying to do this a little bit more of late. And do you know what I found? As my friend Tim Suffield says, the obvious is true. Fasting makes you hungry. 
I found that um, I found myself just so hungry for him to fill the lack in my life. I found that as I fast, I exert a cry of dependency upon him that says, God, I just want more. I find that my motives are revealed. My character is revealed. As I see the deficiencies and weaknesses and sin that's still in my life, I'm just filled with this hunger for God to sort me out. And whether I'm fasting or not, as I see the society around me, unjust, oppressive, self-centered as it can be. I'm longing for more of him to come afresh and move powerfully in our day. And when I look at the God of the Bible and I see that he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithful and just and true and mighty and loving and sovereign and powerful, I am famished for more of his presence. Do you know the Christian life is continually to be one of panging hunger and one of being totally satisfied at the same time? I so want to feast on him and I find that every longing that I have is most fulfilled in him who is good, who gives such rich satisfaction, who invites me, invites you to feast at his table. Imagine a church that is full of his presence. Imagine the power of a people filled up with rich spiritual foods, as Psalm 63 puts it. Imagine the impact of a community of people whose food, as Jesus says in John chapter 4, is to do the will of him who sent us and to finish his work. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's time to feast. And we're just gonna give a moment to feast on the Lord right now, actually. Um, I just asked the guys just to um, put some music over the top of this to um, help us um, engage with God, reflect on Him. And um, where you're at right now, can I just encourage you to um, stand up or, or perhaps even just to kneel down in a kind of submissive posture to the Lord if, you, if you're able to do so. And just begin to welcome the Holy Spirit into your life once again. Just ask the Lord to come and fill you. Ask him to give you a, a fresh hunger for more of him. As the Spirit comes, he, he brings this rich satisfaction in Jesus. Just ask him to, to fill your life afresh right now, to speak to you. Maybe it might help to picture yourself as just being invited to feast at the table by Jesus. And as you approach that table, as you come to sit down and see the sumptuous feasts on the table, what is it in your life that most makes you want to leave that place? What circumstance is it that makes you, oh, I need to get away from here and just move on? Why don't you just ask the Lord that right now? And as he begins to reveal that in your life, why don't you just begin to ask him to speak into the heart of that right now? Maybe it's a step he wants you to take, a reassurance that he wants to give to you right now. He's so good, he's so kind. I just felt um, in my spirit particularly that the Lord wanted to uh, minister to mums of small children in this moment actually. And, um, 
if if you're um, holding small children right now and there's others in the room with you, um, if you're able to, maybe just um, pass them over to, um, uh, to to whoever else is in the room with you. If you're not, it's absolutely fine. These things are recorded. You can find it on YouTube. But can I just encourage you just to open your your hearts and your um, hands up to receive a fresh from I just felt that the Lord wanted to come and lift from each one of you any condemnation that the enemy has spoken over you about the busyness of this season of life. That you don't have the time that you wish for to be with the Lord. I felt that the Lord just wanted to lift off of you any sense of you're not doing a good job because you've not got the time to seek the Lord. I declare that's a lie. I just rebuke that lie over your life now in Jesus' name. Just believe that your good heavenly father would just want to remind you of the, the snacks that he's placed around your heart where you can just feast on it. Just welcome the Holy Spirit right now. For all of us, let's just continue to engage with God. Holy Spirit, we just so love your presence. Would you give us a bigger plate, as it were? We want more and more of you. We pray for radical, bold steps of faith that would just leave us longing afresh for more of you and satisfied more and more at the same time. We pray that it's your goodness that flows from us. Just drink him in, just drink him in. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, you're so good to us. And just in this place of receiving from the Lord, I felt it would just be helpful for us to sing a, a response song. So I'm gonna hand over to Hannah and the team as we sing in response to Hannah Wendy.